0: there is more going on than you know, there are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here.
1: Hi, everyone. Before we start this exciting episode today, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. We have now been doing three bootcamps. We're getting ready for our fourth one coming up in July. And it is unquestionably the most life-changing thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I am now going to be taking my fifth bootcamp. This bootcamp was channeled in December of 2018. We had the first boot camp on January 4th. The second one started January or February 7th. And the th- third one started in April. The fourth one is starting July 8th. And you have a chance to get in on this now. Simply send me a email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. And I will send you some information and we'll have a conversation about it. You can talk to me directly about this, as well as any other previous bootcamp member. There's been about 50 who have gone through and every single one of them has had some kind of life changing experience as a result of the bootcamp. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a eight week intensive course that we take together as a group. We go into it during week one, everyone has a coach. There's reading material, there's homework, there's assignments to do every week. We have coaching calls. We have special Joshua Lives. And it all culminates in an eight-week intensive kind of process. It takes you from wherever you are now vibrationally, and it moves you step by step, week by week, to a completely new idea of what life is all about, what you're all about, how the system of physical reality actually works, what the laws of the universe are, And it teaches you how to engage in those laws to become the most effective and less limited version that you've ever been. Once you do this, once you become effective in understanding how to work with the laws of the universe, as opposed to how we all did it before, including me, how we were sort of living in opposition of how the system works, you step into your true power you receive the keys that engage the law of attraction. Keys that you may have understood them to some extent, but because of this process, it's an active participation process, you realize how the system works. You realize what you were doing to limit yourself, and you simply drop those limitations. You become highly effective. So the next bootcamp starts early July, We're getting everyone ready to go. There should be about 50 or 60 people in this boot camp. You can be in this boot camp too. But you have to send me an email, joshuateachings at gmail.com, and you have to talk to me about it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that this is something for you. We'll have a conversation. I'll explain it to you in detail, and we'll go from there. Don't let your fear stop you. If you have some inkling that you want to move in the direction of who you are, if you want to find your soul's purpose and develop yourself as an effective co-creator with the universe to create the life you truly desire, the life that I have found, the life that others have found, well, join us. All it takes is a simple email to me to get the process started, and we'll go from there. But push past your fear and send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this and enjoy our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another special edition of the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm here again with Astrid Halverson, and we were going to take a look at this idea of, you know, we're all always told that we're an aspect of source, that we're source itself, that we're all one, we're all in this together. And yet, we all feel like individuals, and the last thing we really feel like is source or God or whatever that is. And so we have a question today from Allison who's talking about, you know, I guess I'm a part of source and stuff, and but you know, you know, source is pure love, and I don't feel this pure love for myself, so how do I develop that idea of source? And so we're going to talk about a little bit about that today, and we're going to talk about other stuff, and we're just going to be silly and have fun. And not worry about it. So welcome, Astrid. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Our last podcast was a runaway hit.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I put it on YouTube because I wanted to get it out there. When the podcasts normally go out, you know, go to the engineer and he, you know, makes the sound good and takes out all the pops and whistles and stuff. And so it goes to him and he does his thing and it comes back to me. And then we'll put it on you know, all the different podcast platforms. But the fastest way to do it is just to put it on YouTube. And so that's what I did. And then you got to see yourself on TV.
2: Oh, God, yeah. Isn't that everyone's dream? Huh? To be on YouTube?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a YouTube, YouTube star now.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone wants, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had a manifestation event about that? Yeah. Why?
2: Um. Because, do you really want to get into this here?
1: If you want to. If you don't want to, we don't have to.
2: <laughs> but, you know, this,
1: this, this conversation we're having is all about, you know, how we go through our day-to-day life and things happen that we don't expect and we take it to mean something or we take it in a certain way and it causes us to feel negative emotion. And then we figure out, well, what, what's that negative emotion really trying to tell us, you know, And that sort of thing. So, as I've gotten a little bit better at this, I realize so much of the things that happen in life are just a reflection of my own, you know, limiting beliefs. And you know, we just did a podcast, and I just released it. It was a Joshua live, and Joshua was talking about that our happiness is our natural state of being. That in, you know, in alignment. Are, we are naturally happy, we're naturally receiving well being, all that stuff. And in resistance, we sort of get ourselves away from that for a time being, and then we figure it out and come back, you know. And it's always this give and play between happiness and resistance, happiness and manifestation events, happiness and negative emotion. But if we can, you know, spend a little time thinking about what that negative emotion is and what those manifestation events are and why we're resisting the natural unfolding of our lives, then we can just get into happiness more often.
2: Yeah.
1: Theoretically. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I've been on this trip for six years, going from receiving Joshua in 2013 to it unfolding and being who I am now, and who I am now is totally different than I was six years ago. And six years ago, if you had shown me my life now, you know, what I'm doing now, just like a video of it or something, I'd be like, that is just too weird. I don't want to do that. But now that I'm in it and I've gone through all those manifestation events to get here, I'm at a much higher perspective. And so I can see my life now and how it's unfolded and how wonderful everything is and how much more comfortable I am in my own skin and more comfortable, like we were talking before we started, how... You know, watching myself on TV or watching or listening to myself in these recordings, at first it was unbearable and I couldn't do it and i have to leave the room. Everyone else was watching them and I couldn't be there. And so slowly by slowly I got used to it. And now it doesn't bother me at all. But like if you're new to this and you're new to hearing yourself in a recording or watching yourself on TV, it's a bit jarring. So what do you think about that?
2: I think, well, for me, it wasn't, the YouTube thing wasn't really a problem because I've never, my looks have never been, I've never built my identity around my looks because I've always been the not good looking one. So it's not really a problem that people see me like when I thought I, it would only be an audio thing. Yeah. The problem was that I thought we were doing a podcast. I didn't yeah. know we we're doing a YouTube video. Yeah. So to hear from someone else, hey, I see you're on YouTube, um, that shook me, yeah. especially because I had trusted you and then you do this. But then later I talked to other people and I realized that's just what you do. You just put videos of people out there without them knowing about it and that's just who you are. So either accept that you do these things just because you want to do it and not thinking about what how others might feel. Or just don't do it anymore. Yeah, right. And so that's my choice.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. and so I, from my perspective, it was like, well, you know, this is information that I want to get out to everyone, and everyone wants to hear it. And so the fastest way to do it was YouTube. Um, and so it didn't even occur to me to say anything to you. And
2: Exactly. It didn't yeah. even occur to you to tell me. To me. Yeah. That's very interesting. And I wonder
1: how much I go around life doing stuff like that that I don't even occur. And I was fortunate that you said something, right? And so (laughs) when you said something like, um, why did you lie to me? I'm like, Jesus, I don't remember lying. This is a podcast and this is a platform for podcasting as well as for whatever else is on YouTube. And so, you know, and so I'm like, Okay, in the past, I've been like devastated that I upset somebody by lying to them. And now I'm like, okay, well, that's certainly, you know, um, I didn't have any evil intentions there in exposing you to the world. Um, My intentions was just to get out the information and how you perceive it is based on whatever your limiting beliefs are. And that really has nothing to do with me. You have a manifestation event that's for your benefit and growth. And I'm seeing that from such a higher perspective. Now it makes it easier for me to do evil things to people.
2: Mm, Exactly. And for (laughs) me, it was even like more intense because I realized I hate this guy controlling everything. Why the fuck does he have to control everything? Trying to control everything because I want to control too. So we're both here trying to like get the upper hand. And the worst part is that, I felt indebted to you because you're tr- you're helping me. Right. Right. You've okay. got the audience, you've got the crowd, you've got all the context you're helping me. And so it felt like you had this hold on me because shit, I owe it to this guy to do this stuff and I fucking hate it, <laughs> but I have to do it. And now he's doing this. He's just, like, throwing it out there, not even telling me. Yeah. You didn't ask. You didn't even tell me. (laughs) And then, like, I felt like I had to take it because I thought that I was indebted to you.
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting dynamic of the whole situation. Um, You know, and so from my control, it's more about inspiration. So I was just acting on the inspiration to get the information out there. And I can understand where it's, could seem like control, or even it might be control, yet I'm just so enthusiastic about it, you know? Yeah. And so I just don't see any of the potential negatives or the downsides of it. So it was good. It was good. We got to this point now. You'll never do this Uh. again, but whatever.
2: (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I'm going to
1: talk you into doing it. I told you that I wanted to do this every day. I wanted to have a new one that we do every day, and I think that would be... Amazing, and of course, you can only do what you can do. But that's that's the enthusiasm that I have about this new venture. I think it's going to be absolutely great. But what did what? But what you saying is that you can only do it once every two weeks, or once a month, or however you're comfortable with it. It got me to thinking about okay, maybe we can do one with Kimberly. So Kimberly and I set one up for Monday. Maybe I'll do one with David Strickle. Maybe I'll do one with Veronica Torres. And maybe this will lead to something. So I don't have any attachment to what I thought would be the right way to do it, even though I think it would, you know, you're you're really the star of this. You know, you are, I see in you so much greatness, and so does everyone else too. And we also get to watch you as you move out of this comfort zone which isn't in a comfort zone, right? Because you're uncomfortable not doing it too.
2: It just makes me so uncomfortable when you say those kind of things about me and my mind starts spinning. Why is he saying, Is this? oh, this is probably a new way of controlling? He's <laughs> trying to flatter me so that I'll do what he wants me to do, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's and a, I just, like, don't go there. Like, don't, I could know,
1: do like, it the other way. I go, you know, you're really going to have to practice if you want to get on this thing more. <laughs>
0: You know, that, not that really ready.
2: Works. That sometimes works. I I'm like, yeah, because like, yeah. if people try to push me down, that's when I wake up. And it's sometimes that's like with you, that's also not that you're trying to push me down, but you push. You just push and push and push because you're enthusiastic. And I always like, no, I don't want to do it. But when you push, I get fired up because I get mad at you for pushing me. And so then at least I create the energy to like fucking hell, I'll do it. Just show you that I don't mind doing it. Right. So the result is the same because you push and you get me to do it. Even though, even though it's sort of doing it in anger, but it works. either way.
1: (laughs) Good. As long as it works, I'm happy. I, uh, I'm more about the, uh, the results than the methods, but that's not true either. I like the methods too. Now I saw you do a, a channeling live on YouTube, and that was also brilliant.
2: No, and I didn't.
1: You, I just, were, I just, you had your eyes closed.
2: It's not on YouTube. Fucking, did I'm you sorry, put that sorry. on YouTube?
1: Facebook, yeah, I took that. It's actually on YouTube and Twitter and, and everywhere. It's actually <laughs> going to be on um, a special thing on Netflix, too. So
2: oh, really? What about yeah. HBO? HBO. Yeah.
1: HBO, for sure.
2: Oh, that was interesting, because I did it, I did usually I just write down my channeled messages. I, cause I prefer writing and then people and you were talking about, yeah, I want to see a live channeling and I like, I don't get the big thing about it, but I recorded or like I filmed myself doing it and I kept my eyes closed cause then it's easier to focus on what's going in like the message inside my head. Mm-hmm. And then people started commenting, Oh, okay. Can you do it with your eyes open? Oh, I'm sure you can do it with your eyes open. I'm like, what the hell? Here I, I wanted to tell people, well, the, what, can you do it with your eyes open? <laughs> but, like, I realized it was so interesting because I got so mad and I was so disappointed because here I was trying so hard to please yeah. people and do what they wanted. Yeah. And I realized, ah, oh, they can't be happy with what I'm showing because one, they're not like they don't think they're enough so they don't they can't see me as enough but most of all i don't think i'm enough
1: yeah well that's what it is yeah. right that's because, the only thing that it is
2: yeah, yeah. cuz if they if they have to reflect me how can they ever reflect me being enough or doing enough if i don't see that in myself
1: yeah i don't of course I, you know i don't really get any comments because i i just do what i do and i don't care and Everyone does it differently, and even Esther, channeling Abraham, had a very strong uh, Eastern European accent at the beginning. And that turned a lot of people off, but, you know, that's what she was doing. That's how it worked in the beginning. And then gradually you get into your rhythm of whatever you're doing, and you go from there. When I first did it, I had to do it under hypnosis, so my eyes were closed, you know. Um, There's another guy who he... I think he taps his chin and whispers and then speaks. So he'll whisper a sentence and then speak the sentence. I mean, really, that's oh. super, super annoying, you know? And, you know, everyone has their thing that they do, and you just got to be totally comfortable with how you do it. Um, David Strickle can't stand up and channel, you know? And I actually have difficulty with that, too. I did that a couple times, but it was like, I'm six foot two, and I sort of tower over people if they're in the hot seat. So I like sitting and being across from them. But that means that while I'm channeling, the audience is over here, and I'm talking to this, you know, channeling Joshua, facing this. You know, Joshua likes to get into the eyes of the person. That's why this is really good, because I'm, like, staring into your eyes or staring into whoever's talking.
2: I know, I remember that from the Joshua Live shows and your eyes were like, mm, like huge. And it's yeah, like, and like
1: the weirdest, Yeah, the weirdest facial expressions too. Um, there's a thing when you download a video to YouTube, they take three thumbnails and it's just random clips, you know, random fit pictures of that video. There's never been one of me looking like a normal person. It's always <laughs> with some like, some facial expression that's bizarre. You know,
2: that I, remember was used, yeah. I remember they used to do that or they probably still do that, but it was so weird. And it was hard to not start laughing because it was like, we're so thrilled. <laughs> and, it, and they would do like this. Like yeah. Close to the, yeah.
1: Yeah. So something about my inhibitions goes away um, when they come through. Yeah. And that's good. You know, that's how it should be. It's, they, uh, yeah. they have their personality and, and I'm sure it's mixed with mine as well. Uh, you know, so it's great. And, and that's what the thing is that this stream of consciousness comes through us. When it comes through Esther, it's lighthearted and funny in general. When it comes through me, it's a little silly, but, but mostly specific and with tools and actual things, because that's what I'm interested in. When it comes, when it through you as Laurel, it's, it's uh, uplifting and softer and feminine, but also to the point, you know, it's, it's comforting and supportive. And I've done some Joshua's, some questions in writing that were so specific, I didn't want to send them. And in the beginning, people got pissed off. In fact, you know, someone, one time someone asked like five or six questions, they were all on the website. They got this one answer back, and they said, this is all bullshit. I want you to remove everything and never contact me again.
2: Oh, my God. This,
1: this woman was in love with this guy, and Josh was basically saying, this is part of your expansion to find the person who's right for you, and this is not the person. And she's, like, adamant that this was the person after all this abuse and everything, and uh, and so she got upset.
2: But yeah,
1: that doesn't happen anymore, though. I had a lot of little stuff like that in the beginning, a lot of little resistance because that was my resistance, and now I'm sort of more clear and more open and gotten to another level. So it's sort of clicking on all cylinders right now. But so was, my point was, I've been doing it for six years. You've been doing it for a little time now, yeah. And you're just going to get into your groove as well as you just get more comfortable doing it.
2: Yeah, and I just I realized today that. What was important about this video wasn't that I was filming myself because I I found another recording from 2017 with, when I did the same and this was more fluid. But the point was just to receive that feedback so that I could realize that until I can see myself as enough and good enough, I'll be getting those feed, more of those feedbacks that point out this thing that I have to work on. So the only thing I have to do to feel good about whatever I do is just to feel like it's enough. I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. This, like, this is all I have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to do any more channeling or anything. I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I love that these things, no matter what you do, it's really just pointing out these things that you have to work on. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. More important than the channeling in, it, in itself is just to be able to receive this feedback.
1: Well, what's really interesting here is that you've been on this trajectory ever since you found Joshua, Um, slowly but surely changing your perception of yourself, realizing, you know, as you're more and more and more. I mean, you came from a place of, you know, like most people, self-doubt and doubt in everything you did. And... You came more and more to accepting yourself as you were, even though there's still a lot of self-doubt there. And then so your natural talents and abilities came through. So you've always had this ability to write. You've always had this ability to speak English well. You understand other cultures. And so then you start channeling another talent that comes through. And this is what comes through with everyone. You can't find your natural talents and abilities until you start accepting yourself as you are without wishing you were different or wishing you knew more or wishing you had more whatever it was, whatever it was, right? Any change. So so in essence, it just comes back to realizing that you're enough as you are now. You never have to be any different than you are to do what you're interested in doing now. And as you do it, you just build confidence and you get into the vibration of it and you, and then you see yourself from a higher perspective, and then the reality changes.
2: Exactly. And I was thinking when I was reading um, both Joshua and Laurel's answer to Allison's question, how if you, with the law of attraction, if you see yourself as not enough, it doesn't make sense to try to ask for more or to see more to receive more, because how can that be reflected back to you if you already think I'm not enough? Yeah. Like how can you be shown more of you if you can't already be content with what you are? If you can't accept who you are, how can you ever be shown more?
1: Right. You can't because you're exploring this limited version of you now. And to get a higher version of you when you're exploring the limited version of you wouldn't make any sense. It's like if you're exploring poverty to get a bundle of money wouldn't make sense in the situation. Now, think of it this way. If you're exploring poverty and you win the lottery, you're still exploring poverty with this aspect of money. And so the money comes in and you're still exploring lack, poverty. And so what happens is you blow the money and you have even more of an experience of lack. It heightens this experience of lack. And everything happens by seeing yourself from this higher perspective, that you are good enough, that you are worthy, that you're unique, that you do have talents and attributes and an experience that no one else has. And you can focus on whatever you're interested in and then cultivate the feelings you want to feel by focusing in on the good things in life and appreciating what you have now it's in our society it goes against the grain of how we operate to say i appreciate everything as it is now because we're not built like that we're built to totally nitpick away at the tiny percentage of stuff that isn't perfect and just point out the imperfections of our lives instead of what we appreciate in fact what we think is if we appreciate what we have now we'll never change we'll never get the things we want. And that's the opposite of how the system works.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to use those principles not only for abundance or creating a happy life, but I mean, if you can't accept who you are within, who you really are as this version that you are today, then how can you expect to be shown more of who you really are? Right. Because being able to discover more of your truth is dependent on you accepting the version that you are today.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's
2: the true discovery, the inwards discovery, not necessarily just creating uh, money or a beautiful, like a great place to, to live or having people admire you or it's just finding who you are within but you can't really expand on that until you accept who you are today. And to change the way you look at it from seeing yourself as someone who's limited and needs to change to just seeing that I'm good enough as I am right today.
1: Yeah, yeah. And new things will unfold too. So if you can accept who you are now, then you can see how these new things will unfold because you get inspiration that will bring in the new things. And I guess the big practice is pushing outside of your comfort zone to do what you're inspired to do, trusting that that will lead to this elevated version of you and this higher perspective of yourself. Great. All right. Let's go into Allison's question. And why don't um, I'll I'll read the question and then you can read Laurel's answer and then we'll read Joshua's answer. Okay, great. All right. Hi, Gary Joshua Laurel. In my reading of our Abundance boot camp, I was moved by this explanation. You live in a system designed for the exploration and discovery of source. Source created an environment that would allow for the full and complete and ever-expanding discovery of self, source itself. You are source, end quotations. I love this and it really resonated with me. And then the big question started up. I am source. I am here to discover and be source, yet I have a limited amount of love for myself, and that is something I'm working through. So how does one love thyself? It's not my hair, my body, my my skill, my wit. It's the source of me. How do I move forward in learning, remembering, to love myself as source? Thank you. Lots of love, Allison. All right, so this is a question that that I think the perspective that we are source – helps us to understand that that we're more than what we think we are, and that this is an environment of self-discovery, not the discovery really of us as individuals, but as us doing this exploration to become the authentic version of us, which is the version that doesn't react to fear, that is limitless and magnificent and based in love and acceptance, how do we accept that version of us which is truly source? And it's neat to think about it because I think a lot of people don't even have that perspective. They just think they're an individual trying to make their way through a hostile environment, You know, get as much as they can, do as much as they can, whatever, and then they die. We have this broader perspective, thanks to Joshua and Laurel, where we know that we are an aspect of source coming in to live a physical existence, to explore physical reality in order to gain a new perspective and to add that to the perspective of all that is. And basically all that is is source. And so we're an aspect of source. And my impression is when we return to the non-physical, we don't, you know, operate as individuals at all. We operate in groups or in mass mixing vibrations together we could be individual, but we prefer not to be. Do you have any any idea of what that's like in the non-physical? Or is it even beyond our comprehension?
2: I don't like I don't have any, I don't know any better than anyone else. I just sort of I guess I imagine that it's more I guess I still imagine being an individual, but maybe you know how when you meet someone and you sort of you mix energies like you don't always know is this my feeling or is it their feeling? And that's what I, ima- I imagine. Like if, if we're clouds and if I'm the cl- cloud, that's colored red, I'm meeting someone who's colored purple and no, I'm meeting someone who's colored blue and then we mix and there's like a part of us that's purple. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like our energy feels just sort of We still have that core where we're us, the individual, but we mix and the energies create something new so that, um, like the total sum of the two of us will always be more than the individuals. We're creating something new where we meet, but I still think that we're individuals, but then it's weird because who I really am isn't just Astrid. It's Astrid and like all those other people that I've been in other lives or right. that I am in other lives, as there is no time. Yes. So the individual me has to be someone who is bigger and can hold all of these different personalities in yes. one, I guess. So it's just, it is overwhelming for yeah. me to imagine.
1: I sort of imagine like we're a drop of water and then we drop into the ocean. And then we mix with it all, but we could come back as that drop of water too. You know, we could be pulled out, but we don't need to be because we're part of the ocean. Um, and yeah, so it's, I think a bit of it is beyond a comprehension. But also I think that in physical reality, we are really operating the same as in non-physical, just with a different perception. And so that when you and I get together, We're mixing our vibration together right now and creating something that's more than us together. And I think that in this spiritual moment that we're having, your inner self and your guides and supporters are connected to my inner self, and then Joshua and Laurel are connected, and it's all this swirl of energy around this one topic that we're talking about, which which is a attractive conversation to those who can resonate at this level which aren't a lot of people. You know, there's only probably 6 or 7 million who will ever listen to this in the next month or so. So, you know, out of 7 billion people it's not that much.
2: Yeah, I also find it interesting because just like time space is also an illusion. So what if you and maybe your room is actually right here in my living room? What right. if it really is that way?
1: Yeah. Because yeah. how,
2: how can you know it? Because you can only see what you can see. So, like, what if you actually moved along with your room into my living room? Right. Or I moved to Florida in yeah. this moment. What if I'm actually there?
1: Yeah. And what's the difference between, you know, being here now together or if you got into a tube with wings and then spent a bit of time in that tube with wings and then landed over here and then got in another tube with wheels and got over in, into this structure, it's the same thing. It's just you're bringing your energy physically here or are you here anyway, you know? Yeah. I mean, are you telepathically here through your energy? There's no difference. Yeah.
2: Well, the difference is jet lag.
1: True. You, you don't yeah. have any jet lag now. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Okay, so let's read your Laurel's answer to Allison.
2: Dear Allison, it's not your body or your skills. What do you think those parts of you are? Are you under the belief that there are parts of you that are not source? Maybe parts that are not worthy of love? All parts of you are source. Your nails, your skin, your ability to argue with your husband, your bad moods, your wonderful laughter, All those are parts of source. There is no thing, no part of you, no part of anything or any space in between parts that is not source. All of you is source. Every part of you is just as holy and amazing as your soul. Your toes are a divine miracle existing as source because of you and the creation of you. You are it in every way.
1: So here we are. Thinking that we have positive attributes and negative attributes and we say okay the positive attributes are source but how could the honorary version of me be source or how could this love handle be source you know things like that and what laurel's saying is it's all source it's all divine we have a different term for what divine means and if we say divine is just source and then the, even the space between our fingers is source. Everything source. There is no anything that isn't perfect.
2: Yeah, and I I think historically the religious or like the the holy men or the religious men would um, see as the body and everything around the body as sinful, like sex and ever like being wanting to have beautiful clothes and being. Uh, eating too much, all those things are sin, like gluttony, and and it's just weird how the body, this divine creation has been turned into something that is less divine. It's been seen as something that you want to remove yourself from in order to um, fully focus on the spiritual. Yeah, true. But the fact is there is no, there's nothing that isn't spiritual. More, everything about us is spirit.
1: Yeah. And so when we criticize ourselves for not eating right or not spending time you know, properly uh, or whatever we do, we're criticizing source. Yeah. So if we're eating a Big Mac and feeling bad about it, we're criticizing the Big Mac as if it's not source. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just all of it is this idea of self-control or control dictated from someone else. But self-control is own, is another form of control and all control is based in fear. So even if you're trying to control yourself, you're resisting who you really are. And in the resistance of who you are, you think that, well, if I hate myself enough, then I'll change and get better. And the opposite is true. If you love every aspect of yourself, then you'll be guided in a way that will make you feel even better about yourself.
2: Yeah, and I was just talking to a friend about like the body and body image and weight issues because so many of us have this belief that being fat, that's something bad. That's a weakness. You can't control yourself. You're eating too much. It's a weakness. And it's especially, you feel especially vulnerable because everyone can see your weakness because you're wearing it. Everyone can see that you're unable to control yourself. You're greedy. You're disgusting. And it's just, it's so hard because you blame yourself for being lazy or weak and then everyone else can see how lazy and weak you are too and it's like the double punishment
1: Yeah, it's so horrible everyone has something and some people don't have that but they have smoking or drinking or whatever they want to criticize them about laziness or or not you know doing whatever so what I've done I am just focused on feeling good and so I say, okay, I'm 15 pounds overweight or 20 pounds overweight. Great, because the lifestyle I choose is one where I'm cooking and I'm entertaining friends and we're drinking wine and we're not worried about how we look. This is the perfect body for this lifestyle I have. It allows me to sit here and type stuff up and talk to you and then go and cook and eat and enjoy all that stuff and go out to dinner and and have fun times with friends. And if I was constantly focused on my body, I could not do any of that. You know, I still go to the gym because I enjoy it. I don't go to kill myself. I walk around the gym a few times, I do a couple of weights, that's enough. You know? And now I'm accepting myself. And what I'm considering is how I feel. And in feeling good, then I'm inspired to go to the gym and I'm inspired to do different things to. You know, I probably won't eat lunch today because I love this idea of intermittent fasting. It really works for me. I have more energy during the day, and then I can just eat whatever I want to eat at night. Fine. And then now I notice that I'm I'm just moving super gradually towards a leaner body. and But there is no point to that. I don't want to be a certain weight. I just want to maintain this wonderful lifestyle I have, and I want to... Um, feel good. And so whatever I do to feel good, so now I'm feeling good and I'm inspired to cook something different or go to the gym or go on a walk or whatever it is. It's all part of feeling good and realizing that I'm enough as I am. I don't have to be any thinner for anyone else. And nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. You know, nobody cares at all. All that self judgment that you see reflected in other people is your own thing.
2: Yeah. And, and also how funny is it if you can see yourself maybe being coming from a different planet and you come to this beautiful earth with wonderful nature and a beautiful race of people, these humans, where everyone look different. Everyone, all these people are, no one is alike. No one is the same. And then they have this weird idea that everyone's body should look the same. <laughs> Whoever came up with that, like yeah. a crazy idea.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's funny, we give up this worry about our height because we know we can't change this, we know it's not our fault, you know. It's the genes we were dealt. And people may wish they were taller or shorter, yet nothing you can do about it, right? So you don't put a lot of energy in that. But you think you have control over these trillions of individual organisms who are living their own lives in your, you know, part of your body, and you think you have control. Well, you don't have control of your liver. Or heart or ninety percent of your body so you get these the body sends you you know demands to feed it and you just are accepting those demands it's like you don't have that much control over that so give that shit up yeah yeah
2: and, and what if the fat is only here to teach you to love yourself more
1: exactly like
2: how, how much can you accept yeah. How, how far can you stretch that love uh, ability? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or how much can you hate yourself? You want to hate yourself more? Here we go. You want to hate yourself more? Okay, we're going to give you urges to do this. Right? Yes. So if you get into loving yourself more, then you give up all that needing to hate yourself. Awesome. All right,
2: next one. Okay. Yes. Are you seeking a deep answer or image of your soul? Do you see your soul as some mystical creature hiding in your depths? Do you believe this divine source part of you is lurking somewhere in the background or hiding in the clouds with the angels?
1: That's what it seems like. I totally think it seems like that. Like yes. it feels like my soul is up in the heavens, you know, not part of me.
2: My dear, you are this source. Allison. with her hair, her body, her skills, her wit, is source. Your source manifest. You are the physical creation of source. You are not a representation of source. You are source. What you perceive as some diluted and unimportant part of you, your wit, that is a key element in the divine creation that you are as being source. Your hair is as magnificent and wonderful and divine as the part of you that can move mountains with, with a single thought or telepathically communicate with someone on Mars. It is all divine. It is all equally magical. You are just more used to seeing your hair than moving mountains with your mind. And so to you, having hair is no big deal. Mm. We understand. You want to connect to that part of you that knows it all and remembers your grandness. But don't you see? That journey is the reason you are here. If you could remember and embody it all right now, why would you bother being here? This discovery is so sweet that for thousands of lives you have stretched it out so that you could enjoy the rediscovery in every minuscule detail. You wish to savor it, enjoy it, perceive it from every angle possible. You wish to take pleasure in this discovery of the miracle and incredible beauty that is you. You wish to share this discovery with others on the same path, to take delight in sharing the wonders of a new skill and your insight or the relief of another illusion. You wish to experience the heaviness of believing you are something less, only to become aware that you are more than you could ever imagine.
1: That's a brilliant paragraph, probably one of the best paragraphs I've ever seen written. (laughs) And it's like, you know, this is why we're here. We don't want to have it all right now. We want the journey. The journey is the only important thing. And sure, we want to be moving easily and effortlessly along that path. And we think that when we figure out that we're source, then we'll become enlightened. And what happens then? Well then we return to the non-physical. So so imagine that when you realize you're source, you're dead. Because there's no reason to be here.
2: I just, I just I kind of wish like if I could just get a glimpse of it, like if I could just know a part of it and then I can go back fine I just need to know a little bit like can you just at least tell me how to feel worthy and then I can go back well yeah and these kind of answers just when I was writing this down I was just fuming because I get so disappointed because I want I want them to tell me like oh here's the recipe Like paint a cross on your forehead and dance around under the full moon or something that (laughs) I want them to tell me something that can make me feel good and worthy and to help me remember and know everything. And then they give me these answers that are just like, well, you just got to live it and enjoy it.
0: (laughs) And that's not what
2: I want.
1: Yeah, because you're not ready for that yet anyway, right? So the, yeah. so you're still exploring the aspect of Astrid who's not fully there and in doubt, but this as this version of Astrid is light years ahead of the version a few years ago, so you can know for sure that you'll be light years ahead of where you are now in another few years, and you can either resist it every step of the way or you can go with it you know go with what is happening,
2: yeah. It's just these kind of answers. They make me. It it proves to me really well that I can't control what's coming to me. I cannot control what I'm channeling, or I can't control the message, because honestly, I wanted so badly to give Allison a proper answer, like <laughs> something that was really like, "This is it. You got it." Yeah. And I. And I just. They keep doing this. I just, yeah.
1: This is the answer, though. The answer Uh, is realizing that every part of us, every cell, every attitude, every moment is all source. This is what source is. We just think source is grand and perfect, and we're not, right? So we think that we keep trying to elevate ourselves to be source, but we're there all, all along. And so it's not changing us to become source. It's changing our perception of ourselves so that we see ourselves from the high perspective of source, see ourselves as source sees us. So it's like it's easy for me. I see you as absolutely perfect. You can't see what I see because you have your own stuff. And you see me as perfect, I'm sure. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) All right, let's go to the next one.
2: I just want to say, it reminds me of, because when I was younger, I used to feel bad about what I looked like, used to feel fat. And then I look back at the photos from that time and I'm thinking, oh my God, why did you feel fat? You were beautiful. You were skinny. I mean, how could you think that was being fat? And that's what I imagine this process is like, because now I'm thinking, or we're thinking maybe someone else is also feeling unworthy and, and we think that we're fat. And then- a few years from now, or when we really realize who we are, we'll look back and we'll see you were just the same. How could you not see how perfect you were? Right. And it's so, it's all about perception. You're right. Yep. Um, the lack of knowing is a blessing, the lack of remembrance is a thrill. Only by forgetting can you feel the surprise and the excitement of knowing yourself in a way that was previously not known. You want this thrill, and the intensity of this thrill is so enormous that you are more than willing to experience every moment of pain that you have had in your life. Imagine the pleasure that awaits you, dear Allison. Imagine the pleasure.
1: So I feel this as far as abundance goes. Um, I had you know, money in the bank and then bought this house and then used all that money to fix up the house, right? And so now I'm sort of living on this edge. And when little bits of money come in, I go, oh my God, look at this, this is so exciting. And now I can pay this bill, you know, now I can do this thing and I'm not worrying about it, but, but when it's coming in, it's thrilling. Okay, so if I had that same money I had before, i just like, toss it in the bank. No emotion or feeling with it. Now it's exciting. I get up and go. All right, is there anything coming in? You know, and when it does come in, say, "Oh, perfect timing! Perfect timing! Perfect timing!" and it's exciting. I guess <laughs> a funny story um, on the last roundtable podcast that we did as a group. I said by mistake, I said, "Welcome to the Law of Attraction Happy Hour," and they were like, "Oh, they like that name." And I said, no, 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 we can't change that name because I just paid $5 to get the new logo, Live Attraction Roundtable. And so Jeff sends me $5 through Venmo. He goes, here's money to change the logo. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just got five bucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy it a lot more, it seems to. It's totally. Right now, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, you get what you need to do, what you need to do. And so I have a lot of stuff going on. And so money comes in to, to take care of it. And I just trust that it does. And I'm, you know, and if I'm, if I'm, you know, in alignment, then I get inspiration to do stuff and call, you know, do this idea or do that idea or call this person. And it always works out. So it's fun. It is more exciting to let the stuff evolve rather than to have it all in the bank. Yeah. even though we think we all want it in the bank because that gives us a sense of security. Well, be secure and watch it unfold magically.
2: Yeah, easier said than done, though. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay, so just a little bit at the end here. With all our love, we welcome you back, and with a palpable excitement in our nonphysical hearts, we eagerly watch your journey to the unfoldment of the eternal miracle that is you, our love, Laurel.
1: That was awesome. So,
2: I was like, I was, I was wondering. With all our love, we welcome you back. But oh, they meant like back when she starts remembering who she is. That kind of back.
1: Yeah, that's took right. Took me a while. Yeah, because because we know who we are. Then we come into physical reality. We forget we are, who we are. And as we unfold our lives and discover who we truly are, which is all this is about we go back to who we really are, right? Uh, And when we're born, we know when we're two years old or when we're a baby, we are source. We are full of excitement, full of energy, full of optimism, all this stuff. And then we start building up these limiting beliefs on purpose, but the problem is people don't peel away those beliefs on purpose. They allow those beliefs to grow stronger and that causes them to feel more and more fear and they tend to withdraw. Some people don't care about that stuff. And they just said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm screw the fear. I know I'm not going to feel fear. I'm going to do it anyway. And they live these big, bold lives. So that's what we're doing here is having this conversation. How do we live bigger, bolder lives that are more fun, more free, less limited? And we do that by processing limiting beliefs and realizing that we are source. All right. So I will go on and read Joshua's answer here. Dear Allison, you are an aspect of Source. Source, you are an aspect of source on a personal journey of self-discovery. When you entered physical reality, you came in as a pure being of source energy. Along the way, you adopted a set of beliefs. Most of your beliefs are beneficial and empowering, and this has led you to create the wonderful life you now enjoy. You also adopted a set of limiting beliefs. These beliefs cloud your reality and make you perceive that you are something short of source. You are limited in your capacity to love and accept yourself, others, and the conditions as they are. You are confused by your limiting beliefs. You imagine that you are not whole, incomplete, and lacking in some way. You do not accept certain aspects of yourself. These limiting beliefs are responsible for the illusion that you are not a magnificent and limitless being of pure positive love, i.e. source. So, we do this on purpose. We come in, we're pure, positive beings of source, and then we adopt mostly beneficial beliefs, and that leads to the wonderful lives that we're all living. We just don't realize how wonderful our lives are because we're focused on the wholes. And then we pick up some limiting beliefs that cause us to perceive that we're not source. That's all part of the system.
2: Yeah, I, just, I think it was that one sentence there. Um, you imagine that you are not whole. Right, and that's so fitting because that's how it feels like. We imagine we go searching for something that we think we haven't found. Like there's some, there must be something missing. I can't be, it can't be right that I'm supposed to feel or be just this. There must be something more, and so you go searching for something you think either that you lost or that was never yours. But dude, there's you already got it. You are it. There is nothing more. You are it. But it's so weird how we have that belief that there is some sort of lack in us.
1: Yeah. And this manifests itself in in all kinds of ways, but a lot of times relationships, is you think, well, when I get someone to love me, then I'll feel whole. And so you go out and find someone who will love you. And since they can't love you any more than you love yourself, they can only make you feel less, you know, feel more whole, you know, feel like you have bigger holes. You know, they can only f- make you feel incomplete.
2: <laughs> Bigger holes, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and the thing where it says, you complete me, right? You, yeah. No, they don't complete you. You complete yourself. Okay. As you make your way along your path of self-discovery, you are provided with the opportunity to discover and peel away the layers of limiting beliefs. With each step, you can see yourself from a new perspective. In the onset of a manifestation event you receive guidance in the form of negative emotion. This points to the specific limiting belief that caused you to perceive that something was wrong. It is the confusion and the illusion. In order to regain clarity, you must look at the limiting belief itself rather than determining that the manifestation events or people involved are somehow wrong. The fact that there is no wrong anywhere in the universe allows you to comprehend that something else is causing your suffering. It's the limiting belief. And so, it's uh, you know, this is a way to understand that you are a source. Is to realize that your illusion that you're not a source is caused by these limiting beliefs that you adopted along the way. All these limiting beliefs are not true; they're all false, and you can prove they're false. But no one does that. Everyone blames the manifestation event or the people or outside of them, and this is an inside job.
2: And what I find so interesting is, like with my manifestation event with you, I, in my reality, that was you manipulating or controlling me. But the truth is, I create that manifestation event for me. I created it. Like the big me is creating this. So it could just, as you could also see it as I'm using you to play the parts. I'm manipulating you in my manifestation of it. You're just a tool for me. Yeah. So like if I need to feel in control, then use that approach. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you can also see that the inspiration that I received was probably given by you. You know, how was I inspired to put this on YouTube? I've never put another round table on YouTube. How was I inspired to put this one on? You know, I put some Joshua lives on, but I don't put the round tables on that often. I've done it a few times. But usually it's confusing because there's more people. Here's us two doing it. And so I had this strong inspiration. Well, your inner self passed the message on to my inner self. My inner self inspired me to give you the opportunity to look at some limiting beliefs yourself. And But immediately yeah. what we do is we say, it's the other person. They should have been different than they are. And that does, isn't helpful. It's missing the message. And we're going to miss the message. But when we think about it later, we can say, oh, okay. And, and you recovered super quick on that one.
2: Well, I should. I just. I need to remember that my inner self is a boss lady. She's always going to be the one controlling. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But I mean, there's always. I I've discovered that there's always several limiting beliefs um, involved. Right. It's never just one. It's that always and usually always wanting to control and worthiness. That's always in there for me. Yeah. And so it seems like, like a lot of people have worthiness, and a lot of people have control. And some of us usually always have those, like the same issues go again and again in every single manifestation. And every time I crawl my way back, back like out of the darkness of anger, I tell myself, oh my gosh, how could you not remember? It's always those two. So mm-hmm. next time, don't analyze, just assume it's those two. Mm-hmm. But I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting.
1: Didn't you co- coin the term shithole? Who, who coined that term? I don't know. Maybe it's Kyla.
2: I don't, was was I don't know. Was it you? I don't
1: know. All right. In the discovery of your authentic self, who you are in the non-physical, and who you truly are, you move forward more and more. you get it. You move forward in more and more love. This is accomplished by noticing and then processing each and every limiting belief as they arise. The universe will assist you in this endeavor. The entire system is designed to allow you to conduct an exploration of who you truly are. As long as you are seeking, finding, and processing limiting beliefs, you are exploring who you truly are just as you intended prior to your birth. However, if you choose to control yourself, all others, and the conditions in order to avoid negative emotions, you are conducting an exploration of who you are not. So my whole life before before I lost everything in 2007 was this exploration of who I wasn't. I was trying to make myself into something I wasn't, right? I was trying to create some conditions to prove I was worthy. I wanted the conditions to show me that I was worthy. I, uh, and so I was on that exploration in resistance to who I truly was, exploring the aspect of me that I wasn't, which is a valid exploration. Uh, that's what they'll say next. And now I've changed it around to explore who I truly am. And so, in this discovery that I'm a spiritual leader and teacher, now everything I do is related to that. Not that I have to be, you know, anything other than who I am, but what I'm interested in doing, like having these conversations and doing boot camps and all the things that we're doing, is this exploration of me. And so, I'm not here for you, you're here for me. I get to explore who I am in relation to you starting out in this uh, area like I did a few years ago. And, and I get to sort of be a mentor and teacher and leader in that. It's my exploration, and you fulfill part of that exploration for me. So I'm never doing anything for anyone else, whether you're in the boot camp or friends with Joshua Facebook or listening to this. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me, and it's my exploration. And this is what gives me satisfaction.
2: Yeah, that kind of helps cuz remember I said I felt like I owed you this, like I was indebted to you and it made this whole interaction really uncomfortable. But like what you're saying, you're using me just like I'm using you. Yeah. So it sort of helps to even out the the whole power play
1: totally. because
2: we're both like we're both choosing to do this to explore these certain things. Right.
1: And the exploration is not always easy, especially if you are moving rapidly. I took it slowly, six six years, right? And I had manifestation events along the way that were mild because I took it so slow. You jump into the deep end and learn to swim that way, your manifestation events are gonna be stronger. So, either way is fine. I took the slow route, I'm glad I'm here now, but I certainly could have done it a lot quicker if I wasn't resisting it so much. You know, first five and a half years, I viewed myself as a student and now, that I view myself as a spiritual leader and teacher, everything's engaged. Everything's working on all cylinders. It's really moving nicely now, but still not rapidly, just nicely, you know?
2: Yeah, well. I'm I'm doing this slow route too. I realized, I, I guess I started channeling in like 2017 and I basically had a whole year now just sort of needing to recover from that first year because it was intense. Mm-hmm. And I have... A huge amount of fear and everything is felt super intensely so I just I guess I just needed that year to be able to even dare get closer to the pool again because it was just it was intense so yeah I'm doing the slow slow route too
1: and a lot of people do stuff and never do it like Neil Donald Walsh when he channeled conversations with God he would go weeks be- between questions did you know that? No. Yeah. He would go weeks. That book took took a long time to do. Uh, a Perception of Reality was done in eight weeks. All the books were done in about eight weeks. And he would just go weeks between one question and one answer. And then I don't know if he wrote another book. Maybe he did two, book two or something. But he's only done a couple of books. And he's never really developed as a spiritual leader and teacher. So it's this, you know, we're on a – we're, we're doing it fast track, even though it might feel slow. We're still doing what a lot of people could not do or did not want to do.
2: But you're saying he hasn't developed as a spiritual teacher. In your opinion of what a spiritual teacher should be, I think if yeah. you're someone who reads those books yeah. and follows his what he puts out there on Facebook and stuff, yeah, I think you would see him as a great spiritual teacher If because that's what you need. So not right. everyone wants to teach in the same way. It's just... Right in your opinion, in your perception of what this teacher should be, he's very different from you maybe. Yes.
1: Um, Then my opinion is based on that I don't see any YouTubes. I don't see him doing seminars. I don't see him doing stuff like Esther does. You know, my real view of it is Esther, is what what she does, which is 40 events a year and constant stuff. And that's not necessary. You don't have to do it that way. Everyone does it their own way.
2: Yeah, you like numbers and um, yeah. a lot of content and you like quantity. Yeah, That's just your thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I want to put everything I do out there, every single thing, every article, every question, every video, every conversation. I want to make everything accessible because from my perspective, it adds to the overall message, but no one's going to read all of it. They're just going to read what they read, you know? When they're ready. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's great. But I think also people need to know that we don't have to copy, you know, we right. don't have to copy each other. There are many ways to be a spiritual teacher. And I think if you'd grown up in India, probably Joshua wouldn't be the first spiritual teacher you were seeking, right? Because yeah. well, like that,
1: that very tradition.
2: And yeah. But I mean, yeah. they've got so much in that religion and that yep. tradition that like the Eastern philosophies are just, that's all this is about. They all got it like yeah, thousands of years before everyone else. So exactly.
1: yeah, I was thinking about the, that today is a lot of these teachings are perfectly in line with Buddhists and, you know, other Eastern philosophies, but it's, it's bringing it in a modern context. Yeah. Which is cool. Um all right well let's go on to the next one here in either case the exploration is related to related the exploration and related discovery is valid and acceptable you cannot conduct an exploration that's not valid you are given free will and so as you go after your false desires those that arise from the illusion that you're not whole not source you discover more and more about who you are not nothing is wrong with this in any way shape or form It's just not what you intended and will not feel good or lead to your ultimate satisfaction. In the discovery of who you truly are, you will live a life of expansion, growth, and satisfaction. It'll be more pleasing. It'll be less limited. You will still face fear as you are constantly acting on inspiration, moving out of your comfort zone. But once this exploration has begun, you will gain confidence and you'll see the fear for what it is, an illusion. Once you push past the fear and act on inspiration, you move to another expanded level. And so your perspective is higher and you can look back and you can see the fear. What was I afraid of back then? And that just gives you a little bit more confidence the next time that you need to push past fear.
2: And it's so funny looking back. Like Sometimes it's difficult to even understand how did I ever because I remember the first time I was going to do the um, I was calling in on Skype to do the Joshua live with you guys I was so nervous oh my gosh I was so nervous it was horrible and then I'm thinking what was the big deal because like it's not even on YouTube (laughs) and I mean (laughs) I I was so nervous because I was talking to a bunch of Americans it was the language thing and then being because I didn't even have Skype before that day and just the whole setting, and oh, it was so nerve-wracking. And it's yeah. just now, I don't, it's so weird looking back to who you used to be.
1: Mm-hmm, and looking at those fears, and just from this perspective, because you've you've gone through an expansion and your perspective's higher, and so those fears seem inconsequential now, but back then, when you were that limited version of yourself, you they, they were a big deal. But by pushing through them, you move to another level, which is great. And we're always doing it. It's never going to end. We're always pushing through this fear. It's really interesting because the Joshua Lives now are available to whoever's on the Friends of Joshua Facebook group and the access is posted to them. And we have usually around 20 or 25 people on there now out of, you know, that group is over 1,000 people. So it's a small group of people who have been able to push past the fear and come up. And sometimes people come on and they don't turn their video on and they're just there to listen because they don't want to be called on or but but Joshua generally doesn't call on people they usually jump in and you know so you so from my perspective it's like why would you be worried about going on there why would you have that fear but i will say that when i was in abraham workshops my hand was like really tentative i really didn't want to get called you know i didn't want to go up there and Now, looking back, I go, why? You know, why were you so afraid? Me, too. I'm pretty comfortable in public and on stage and stuff. Okay. um, So, anyway, you will gain confidence and see your fear for what is an illusion. The fear is always an illusion. From your limited perspective, you do not see the whole and true reality. You see a limited and smaller version of your reality. That's okay. That's part of the system. The system has a built-in mechanism for expansion. It's called fear. Fear is either rational or irrational, as you know. When you perceive an irrational fear to be real, your inner self will alert you to your misunderstanding. What a wonderful system indeed. If you heed the message contained in your emotions, you can process these fears and move forward. By doing this, you peel away the layers of confusion and you gain clarity. Clarity is what you truly desire. So think about that. We see ourselves from a limited perspective. If we saw ourselves from the perspective of source, we would instantly be who we truly are. Of course, that's never going to happen. But what we really seek, what you and I and what we've been talking about here, is we seek clarity. Clarity to see who we truly are. Clarity to see what's happening in manifestation events. I mean, I think we're gaining a lot of clarity because it's easier for us to see the fears in others and not take it personally. We understand yeah. what's causing them to feel fear. And if we can see ourselves from higher and higher perspectives, from more clarity, um, I'm, I'm coming to understand that that's what we want. We want to be able to go, okay, I acted on this inspiration. This was the feedback from that action. I understand where that was going. And now I don't have to take it personally that I didn't get what I wanted. I can realize that it's all moving me in this direction of what I truly want.
2: Go to the part that says you don't see your whole reality. It was in the middle of what yes. you just read. Okay. Read that again.
1: From your limited perspective, you do not see the whole and true reality. And you know this because there's autistic people and people with, with special abilities who like can smell numbers or numbers have different colors. We don't see that. We say we don't see the whole and true reality. We see a limited version of it. There's uh, other autistic people who are fixated in this moment because they, they receive so much more information than we're receiving in a different level. Yeah, We just receive a thin little line. It's like if we saw it all, we would never move because there would be so much input coming in.
2: But like, yeah, because and some people see, like when they look at their hand, they can see the molecules and everything. They can see the energy in it. But I mean, the fact that we're not seeing our whole reality, how exciting is, like, that's huge. I think that sentence right there, there's so much information behind that. It is so huge. Like, we're not seeing our whole reality how much are we missing? Are there colors we haven't even discovered? What if you could see looking at your chair or your couch or your house? What if you could see the energy? Like, what if the molecules are waving at you? What if your reality is following you? And behind what you see, is there a black hole? Who knows? But it's just, and I guess the more you can see, the more you can also walk through the illusion. So like, teleportations and those kind of things. I guess if you can see that the wall isn't really, it's not really a wall, then you can put your hand through it. Right. It's just, it's so overwhelming that we're not really seeing our whole reality. And I don't mean in this thing that, uh, about limiting beliefs, like, Oh, you're seeing someone who's mad at you because you think they don't like you or that kind of thing. I mean the physical reality. Yeah. It's so huge.
1: Do you know that when you touch something, you never actually touch it? There's a layer of um, something, uh, molecules or something, that's always in between there. You can't touch anything.
2: I didn't know that. I
1: discovered this, yeah. And no matter what, nothing is ever really touching anything else. There's always a layer between them. So there's some kind of energy between everything. It's like the holodeck of Star Trek it feels like it's real and, it's, and our senses say it's real but it's nothing but you know energy made up and then we we move our energy against that energy and this feels like a table
2: yeah you i've know? also heard that everyone you meet you leave some of your energy within them and they leave some of them inside of you like your energy field so the energy that you the energy that you are today has pieces of everyone else you have ever interacted with. So that person that you hate and argued with 10 years ago, you're carrying a piece of them within you. And it does make sense because you still have that memory Yeah. and memory is, I mean, it's as physical as you are. It's just like, yeah,
1: that's why you're eternally, you're eternally connected to everyone, you know, and you can't lose anyone, you know, because they're all a part of you. They're part of your vibration. Just that interaction is always part of your – always will be part of your vibration. Alrighty. Uh right. Let's see. The system itself is created on the aggregate to allow for the infinite and unique perspectives of source, right? The whole system is aggregated. The ex- I don't know. The experience of everything is combined together. This is how the system is made. So that's why every experience is unique. So it's aggregated – amongst all of us in all life and all existence ever to come up with this overall idea of what source is, you see. Say it again.
2: Say Explain it again.
1: So the system, it again. the system as a whole, in aggregate, adding up the, the accumulation of every single life experience of all lives in every moment of each life is combined to give a perspective of source. And that's... <gasps> And that's why every moment of your life is as valid as every other moment because even in hatred, you are an aspect of source in that hatred or in love or whatever. That's what the system is. And we work within that system.
2: I think that's huge. I think like in these answers that – well, the first time I read through it, I was like, oh, it's the same. It's basically just love yourself and be happy with that. But then you have these sentences that are almost hidden in between the other words. And there's huge amounts of information yeah. within that. And yeah. like if you're able to pick on that and maybe ask more, ask them to expand, whoo right. information.
1: Well, here's the next sentence too. Each and every life form is conducting its own exploration, which means each and every cell in your body. Is doing it too right each every mouse and every squirrel and every every amoeba the animals understand rational fear in the case of true danger they receive urges to change the conditions when they act on an urge the danger is avoided and they return to a state of well-being ease and joy obviously you're a gazelle a lion comes by you have this urge to run and you run once the danger is over you don't call the lion an asshole, and wish the lion was different than he was, you just don't care anymore and return to well-being and happiness. They receive inspiration to find food, water, a mate, etc. They move through life effortlessly and easily until they are ready to to return to the non-physical. Humans, however, have confused rational fear with irrational fear, and so they tend to linger in states of fear and thus cut off some access to inspiration. So, That's what happens. We confuse this irrational fear of not people not liking us or worry about the future with true rational fear of dying today. And, uh, and so we can't get over that fear unless we process it. Right. You know, you have that, we have this miscommunication. You feel as if that was a rational fear where you could die from this and So you just get into that urge, I got to do something. And then if you didn't process it, you would have lingered in that for days and that might have uh, diminished this relationship in some form. And this is what people, I used to do this. I mean, I have people that I would get into some big dispute with and never talk to them again. I used to cut people off all the time. And I didn't realize what was happening. And so now it's such a better way more effective way to live.
2: Yeah. I think we all do that though. And it's difficult because you get caught up in the moment. Yeah, And so but I, I still get caught up in the moment. The only thing is that I'm able to sort of put some space in between my reaction and the words that I use to attack other people. Yeah. I'm able to like, I feel the fear and then I, I'm able to create space to, like, slow down my outwards reaction. Because right. I know you're going to regret calling yeah. out Gary on his shit. You're yeah. going to regret it, and you'll feel worse than if you just sit with it and don't talk to him. Yeah. So that's – I still react. I just – I'm able to put some space in there.
1: So the thing is, what we don't want to do is act on an urge. So imagine you're a gazelle. You – you know, another gazelle bumps you, <laughs> and you think it's a lion – and you go running off by yourself into the wilderness. You know? You're know you not doing anyone any good. And that's the same thing here. You get angry and you punch a wall. You're going to not help your hand and not help the wall. In clarity, you receive the inspiration to act. In clarity, you realize your fear is irrational. And so you're able to push past that fear to do what you're inspired to do. In confusion, you accept the fear as rational and real. And this is what creates the illusion of danger. By understanding who you truly are, what you truly desire, and how the system is designed, you can see your way through the illusion and back to a state of clarity. You can then move forward in the discovery of who you truly are and enjoy life as you intended prior to your birth. So here are two um, complementary answers, but come from totally different angles, right? One is saying that you are source. Every aspect of you is source. You're perfect as you are. None of you is not source. And the other one is saying you are source. You just are living in this illusion that you're not source. Here's how to process that illusion. So this is why this idea is so magnificent. Is because, it you know, coming from this infinite intelligence – from two individuals with two different perspectives, we, like, we are combined, that infinite intelligence with you is Laurel, with me it's Joshua, and we get two perspectives that are perfectly compatible and perfectly address this answer from two different angles. And so everyone gets to see both angles. And we get a better feeling of, of how we are source and how we can learn to love ourselves.
2: Yeah, and people still haven't discovered that we're all just faking it. We're all just making this stuff up. We're not really tattling.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's figured that one out yet. Yeah. I've written uh, 2 million words and uh, hundreds and hundreds of videos, and no one's figured that out yet. Maybe they will. So you with
2: your numbers, Gary. Is that the sales guy popping in there? I like?
1: don't know. I've always been I interested in is. math. I'm really good at math. Um, but what... what if you know, obviously, whenever you start channeling, anyone who's ever done it, you think, is this me or is this something else? Our skepticism says, of course it's me, but yet, how could I have done all this? It's not, I never did it before. How could this come from me? How could it always be consistent? How could it go on the same theme and have this arching progression that is moving into different areas, but nothing from the first word to the last word written contradicts itself, nor does anything contradict you or any other channel, right? It's a completely new uh, approach to life that the rest of the world is not paying attention to. And those who are following these ideas are seeing expansion and seeing true changes in their lives based on how they feel and how they're operating and how effective they are. They're not like uh you know, making millions of dollars because that's not the true desire. The true desire is to explore who you are. And as you're on the exploration of who you truly are instead of who you're truly not, it's just way more rewarding and satisfying and amazing. And that's what people are finding in this. And that's why I'm so excited and so enthusiastic to bring this all together. And these two different perspectives add a whole nother um, layer or level of awareness, and that's why everyone's so excited about it, and that's why it's so fascinating to be with you.
2: Yeah, everyone. You mean the two of us?
1: The six million who are yeah. going crazy right now. Yeah.
2: Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that you're enthusiastic and has a high op- and that you have a high opinion of, of yourself because that in that way you balance out my self doubt.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I used to have self-doubt too. And then Joshua said in the beginning, this doubt will never serve you, give it up. There is no benefit in having doubt. It's just going to be limiting. So don't. So you can either have doubt or not have doubt, it's up to you. I'm choosing not to have any doubt anymore. And in my lack of doubt, I'm acting on more inspiration. I'm pushing past more fear. I'm doing more fun things. Things seem to be turning out pretty well. I'm going with it. Good for you. All right. And that's where we are in the second incredible episode of Laurel and Joshua in Love. That's, that's that's the title I came up with.
2: What was it? Laurel and
1: Joshua in Love.
2: In love? Yeah. As long as Laurel is first, that's okay.
1: <laughs> I actually that was a mistake. It's actually Joshua and Laurel in Love. No. Yeah, no,
2: you said it. It wasn't a mistake. It's All a right.
1: Name. That's what we're going to go with. Anyway, We'll figure this thing out. Hopefully, there's going to be lots more. That's up to you. I'm enthusiastic, as you well know, but we'll see what happens. I'm open to anything. Love you very much for being here. Love you all for listening. And if you have any questions for Joshua or Laurel, uh, send them to joshuateachings at gmail.com. If you haven't read the first book of Laurel, it's one of the most amazing books in the history of all time. It's on Amazon. Just search the First Book of Laurel, or A.C. Halverson. And with that, we are saying goodnight and goodbye. We will talk to you next time, and have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.